0: and welcome to the second episode in this invasive series. If you're wondering why you're listening to a podcast at a furniture exhibition, please head back to episode one of Charles and the Cat's Claw, as I give you a bit of context as to why I'm using this as a medium for my exhibition. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the story of Louis. Now I'd like to tell you a story about Louis. Now Louis was a peculiar fellow. From a young age, he had a penchant for the finer things in life. He was brought up in a loving and large family at the base of the Blue Mountains in western Sydney. Louis's family had inherited acreage, and this meant ample opportunity for playing on the property, whether it was swimming down the banks by the river, mountain biking down the hills by their back fence or just taking space in one of their many empty paddocks, Louis and his siblings were designers of their own dreams. With the call of the wide brown land and her lessons beckoning at the doorstep every day, Louis would often skip school to just bash around the bush. Though being one of eight children came with its struggles. While Louis's parents provided where they could, and the property provided much of the food for the family, money was still rather hard to come by. Hand-me-downs and a favourite pair of shoes were worn like uniforms, day in and day out. Louis always dreamt of shopping for new clothes, or buying a faster mountain bike, or even unboxing a new pair of shoes. However, by the time Louis was 15, he decided school wasn't for him. He wanted to join the rat race. Knowing his way around a farm, Louis trucked off to Tobruk, where he knew he might find work as a shearer or something of the sort. He had heard tall tales of the large sums of money these shearers would return home with at the end of each season, and he liked this idea. Being young and quite spindly made it hard for Louis to successfully hold and shear sheep quickly. He tried and tried, but eventually was shifted to the sorting table. He quickly learnt how to grade even the most finest of fleeces, skirting the edges and grading the wool. Now, this was something Louis became notoriously good at. Some even said Louis could almost grade a fleece with his eyes closed. However, now he knew the softest and top-quality fleece, he couldn't bear to bring his skin in contact with anything but the top quality he could find. Now, it started small, and he would nick off cuts from the table, only the most superior pieces. A patch here and a patch there, until he had enough to cover one of his stools at home. But one just wasn't enough. This habit developed and he kept collecting patches until almost all of his surfaces were covered. Now Louis lives in bliss, feeling satisfied his belongings are covered in the highest quality fleeces he had ever laid his hands on, and no one else in the world would experience this lavish lifestyle. So what does Louis have to do with African lovegrass, hey? Well, African lovegrass was thought to have entered Australia prior to the 1900s via sailing ships, restuffing mattresses in Africa en route to the colony. Thriving in our dry landscape, African lovegrass outcompetes native grasses and has completely blanketed the landscape in some ecosystems. Interestingly, and not by choice, Thousands of landholders across New South Wales and adjoining states have summer growing perennial weeds, such as African lovegrass to contend with. While they are relatively unpalatable compared to many native, but not all, perennials, these can be utilised for grazing with livestock in tougher periods of drought. Similarly, Louis is blanketing his original furniture with small patches of fleece he nicked from the sorting tables. His home and furniture has morphed in the same way much of our landscape has, becoming unrecognizable to the natural habitat and fauna.